I just think right now, women, especially in business, this is the year of women. I just know that. Life begins at 150 grand a year. Life gets better at 250, and life gets real good at 500. Nobody can tell me differently on it. When you start teaching something, I feel like that's when you start to master the actual art of it. You and I, when we publish a book, we can go toe-to-toe with any of the New York trade publishers, any of the big-time authors, and we get to compete in that marketplace and then let the market decide whether our stuff is good. People forget sometimes as an entrepreneur, the whole damn point of entrepreneurship is to make money. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss. Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com. And let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Hi, everyone. My name is Heather Havenwood, and welcome to Like a Boss, and it's going to be another version of Crypto Like a Boss, but this particular version is going to be on my radio and podcast. I'm super excited to um, be having someone on the call today that is video as well as audio about blockchain, crypto, and kind of what's happening. So if those words scare you, then you're on the right show, because we're just going to be diving into what it is, how it works, and the future of it. So I'm super excited to introduce you to someone who I've known, I believe, for almost 18 years or at least 15, uh, Warren Whitlock. Warren Whitlock is a digital business development strategist. In 2008, he wrote the first book about Twitter and mobile marketing and the best-selling profitable social media business results without playing games. 
He is the host of Social Media Radio and speaks frequently about social media marketing, online publicity, and of course, other kind of marketing, social networking, and building lifetime value for rapid growth. He was also named one of Forbes' top 10 social media power influencers in 2013. He's got a huge following in social media, so I'm super, super excited to have him on the call. So Warren, thanks for being here. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Uh, <laughs> so it's exciting. Um, yeah, and, uh, and, I, and I can tell by the bio, maybe you're going to ask a question about, like, what does that have to do with blockchain and crypto? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you have a lot of background in social media. You have been on the foreground, the frontier of social media. I mean, you and I have known each other a long time. I remember that book when it came out back in 2008. I remember when Twitter was like the, oh, no one's gonna, that's going to work. It's not going to work. And then, oh, Facebook, it's not going to work. You know, and you were on the forefront of writing about that and really being the uh, focus of that. I think it's great. And, now, and so let's kind of give people an understanding of what you've been doing the last five or six or eight years. Okay, great. Well, yeah, actually, I need to go back a little bit before. The reason I got into the social media stuff was I was a salesman slash marketer, entrepreneur doing things all along. When social media came out, I said, this is a better way to communicate rather than having to go door to door. And I used email instead of knocking on doors. I mean, it, that's what the way I think about it as an old salesman. Mm -hmm. And so by the time social media came around, I'm going like, this is going to change everything. It's two-way. It's instant. All the, all the possibilities with audio and video, which at first hardly worked at all. You weren't sure what company was going to work. There's a whole lot of people that were going to be better than Twitter. I picked Twitter uh, as the title of the book first, so I could say it was the first book about Twitter. And then, uh, and then um, cool. mostly because I wanted to talk about the change that was coming, the revolution is the fact that people could have a two-way conversation. People could communicate directly with each other instead of uh, a manufacturer make something, send it to a distributor, to a retailer, and then you mm -hmm. can buy it. So um, with that my mindset, I t looked at some of the other things. I owned a tech company for 17 years. So when I heard about Bitcoin and blockchain, it was in the early days. Um, I could have set up a mining rig and made a whole lot of money. And uh, in hindsight, probably would have been a good idea. But at the time, I was trying to say, let me stay out of tech. Let me find out how I can help people. Wrote a book in 2013 called Billions Rising that was about those people that um, were, were down uh, at the bottom of the income scale and what they were doing to come up. What isn't known, still isn't known today, is that the number of people that have come out of poverty in the last 20, 30, 40 years is astronomically huge. Most people think that the poverty rate has doubled. Over the last 20 years, it actually has halved um, because there's so many people. The shift is going away from people starving to death to being able to do better. They need access to markets. They need access to communication. And blockchain would, would, would allow that. Wish I would have got into crypto a lot earlier, but uh, yeah, it was blockchain that turned me on. Because of the ability for people around the world to, to uh, interact without the government, institutions, banks, telling them what to do. Okay, uh, so let's take take a breath so I can interrupt a little bit. All right, so, this is, so billions, of, so say the name of the again of your, of your latest book. Of the book? Yeah, The Billions. Billions Rising. Billions Rising. That's a really interesting title. Um, 
why did you write that book? And tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, we, it, it's an interesting story because it came out as I used to do a lot of book promotion back when you met me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was marketing books. And one day I decided to just write my own book. I didn't plan on doing anything with social media. I wish I could say it was the grand plan. Um, <laughs> but I said, I could be the first person to write a book about Twitter. Won't that be fun? And so we put it together wrote the book, got a little bit known for it. And I, I never liked the idea of being known as a marketer or communicator, or advertising guy. I'd rather be in a business doing something and then performing that function for them. And uh, as an entrepreneur, you get to do all that stuff. Uh, but really what I wanted to do was focus on what would, what would most help people on a broad scale. Mm-hmm. I got the opportunity from one of my old uh, customers uh, to find out about a book that was being written about uh, uh, some, you know, tale of whatever happening, and they were willing to pay, and I could use the client, and I got involved. Shortly after that, the guy that was writing the book backed out, and we had this all set up and a plan to do something, and the person writing said, what do you think about self-reliance? And they're like, Wow. It's like a dream come true. I've been right. paid and I get involved with the project on self-reliance. And I got carried away. And uh, it was pretty much my career for the next 18 months, which was there are so many people doing so many good things to help those people that want help. And, and our focus was on people that are giving a hand up instead of a handout. Because ch- the charity has to be there. Somebody's starving, give them a bowl of rice. But the next day, start talking about how they got to not having the bowl of rice and how you can help them. Um, and it's not a, you know, it's not a heavy-handed, well, if you want rice, you better come to my church or you better go in this educational program. It's what are people doing to really help? And I'm sure you've heard of microloans and uh, some of the farm industry. One-acre fund is something that just turns me on every time I think about it. One-acre fund, they actually help people who have very small farms go from starving half the year to making uh, a, a better harvest, as much as quintuple in a year. And it's innovative, people learning new technologies, but new technology might be poking a hole in the ground and sticking the seed in instead of casting it out on the top and letting the birds eat it. And that led us to talking about markets and how to sell to people uh, from Africa to the U.S. and what the restrictions were, uh, the the exchange rate to send money to Uganda can be like 25%. And, um, and I, I said, I know about a story about people in Uganda where a woman escapes domestic abuse, makes some beautiful jewelry out of basically trash, recycled paper, and, and then it's sold. The multiple, the amount of money it can be sold for in the U.S., when you know you're helping somebody, uh, in Uganda, in that situation, wow. I mean, how much would you pay for the jewel? It's not about what it's worth. You know, it's it's not the commodity. And I said, marketing would help there. And, and they, their reply was, well, we couldn't do that because when we need to take money to Uganda, we take a bag full of money, a limited $10,000, get on a plane and fly to Uganda. And I do that twice a year. And I'm thinking like, uh, I wouldn't want my sister doing that. I wouldn't want to do it myself. Get on a plane with cash and land in Uganda and try to exchange the money into whatever Uganda money is. And that got me thinking and looking, and that's when I found how blockchain 
was able to be used in such a way that that person could make something, sell it, and get paid without having to pay some user's rate of interest. Um, I just recently talked to somebody driving an Uber, has been in Las Vegas for 25 years, and I said, do you ever send money to the home country? He says, yeah. How much it costs? He says, it depends, because we don't pay attention to this. I said, it depends on what? Well, like the last time I sent $500, it cost me 45 bucks. And I, well, that's 9%. He knew that. I knew that. Nine percent is ridiculous. I pay zero percent to send by PayPal. Why did his country need nine percent? Who was taking that? What was happening? And um, and so I'm for reducing friction, and that's what got led me into just focusing on blockchain. I care about a lot of a lot of other technologies. I'm basically, a futurist. I'm looking for things that'll help us progress to the future. AI. Uh, IOT, solar energy, a lot of things I care about. But the one that really made a difference to me was, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. So as far as blockchain goes, um, let's talk about exactly how is it that blockchain is changing the world. You're giving some really good examples, and I love that. Um, But people aren't, it's like they understand the problem and they understand that you know, 9% for sending money overseas is insane. And the fact that you've gone to getting $12,000, $10,000 cash, that makes like that, that those kind of problems, like that makes sense to everyone listening going, that's crazy. You know, why is that happening? But I think the real question on the table is how does blockchain fix that? Well, we all know what a database is. If you you know if you're looking at all your contacts that you send email to, that's a database, right? Uh, if you keep track of your checkbook, that's a database. And mm-hmm. All you know, businesses all use databases now. Well, one of the limits of a database is I, I like using the example because we're on a podcast of if you have a podcast episode and you're keeping it in essentially a database, uh, though sometimes it's just called a file folder. Uh, but if you're, if you're keeping track of those, you can lose one. You yeah. stop paying the hosting bill, whatever. Blockchain changes that. Modern technology allows us to keep track of a ledger of anything. And database is a ledger, spreadsheet, call it whatever. And keep track of those ch- transactions on more than one computer. And so for crypto, it's sometimes millions of computers keep track of each transaction. There is In crypto, there has to be some... Um, calculation done uh, in cryptography that makes that, that's where the mining comes in. But let's forget, let's just talk about blockchain. Blockchain has distributed ledgers uh, kept on a lot of computers. So if one computer goes down, it's still there. If somebody tries to make a change to any of those records, it's immutable in that you can't change all the computers at the exact same time the same way. Somebody's going to know you made a change to that. And they're encrypted on top of that. So imagine, you know, getting a million people involved to go out and make the same change to a computer all at the same time and nobody screws up. It just can't happen. Uh, Bots, maybe. Um, It's not that it's impossible. It's just that it's very, very impractical to try to do that. Well, that opens up all sorts of possibilities. Having a distributed ledger means I don't have to worry about losing my checkbook register, losing my, you know, any kind of... Any kind of banking information, the information needed to make that sale to Uganda and then make the transfer, instead of having to go someplace, hand cash to somebody who has to then take the risk of the security and everything 
send it even by wire, and it used to be just telegraph, dit, 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 dot, 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 and then somebody else set up to have the cash to pay it to the right person with the right identity. That's all taken care of because that identity now can be put in an immutable record where you can't lose it. So that's the most important thing about, about blockchain is it opens up a new way to build things. They build it for crypto, and this technology, this idea has been along, uh, around for a long time. Uh, and by the way, this doesn't solve all the problems because my favorite example of a really complex transaction is you want to ship me something from Frankfurt. Okay, first of all, I figure out how to pay you in francs. You get paid, francs, marks, whatever you get. Marks, probably in francs would be would make us have to transfer the money again. In marks, uh, Deutsche marks, and I send it to you, and you get it, and you send it, you put it on a truck, it takes it to a train, train takes it to the coast, gets on a boat, comes across the boat, gets on another train, goes across the country on a truck, and then delivered to me. Every time it gets exchanged, there's paperwork. Blockchain means we all share the same database and you can't change it. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be a problem if, if you say there's 14 and there's only 13. That problem still exists. We still have to trust each other at some point. But we know that, uh, that you said 14 and you didn't like write it wrong to mean 19 or, you know, something like that. Uh, and it takes care of all the problems with paper. I used to get shipments with just piles of paper, you know, of, of, of copies, of copies of copies of copies as they try to keep track of a, of a shipment. You eliminate that, you eliminate friction, and, and then you don't have to charge as much. I mean, today, a lot of the gatekeepers that still charges for things like transferring money or doing whatever, the banks, I mean, does it cost the bank $35, $39 if you, if you don't have funds in your account? Heck no. No, it cost them anything. Now, they, they still don't pay it, but if they, if they paid it, it would be a charge. Used to be they had to worry about it, where's the paperwork, send a check from place to place. They can clear a check in no time now, and this is all because they're interconnected. Well, we want to take what the banks could do and apply it to just everybody. With that said, in, what I'm hearing is blockchain is about simplicity. Blockchain is about um, having things go faster over time. Um, it's also about less hands in the cookie jar, as I call it. Therefore, cost goes down. But, mm -hmm. of course, where I he, see friction, lower friction is a great example, lower friction. What I also see is that all those people that have their, cookie, their hand in the cookie jar are going to not be happy with the fact that, you know, we're taking their hand out of the cookie jar or governments. Yeah. Or, you know, that, I think that's... <laughs> <laughs> right, they're gonna be like, "Wait a minute! You sending five hundred dollars to wherever that person was, Spain or Afghanistan sure. or whatever?" Like, "Oh, wait, hold on a second! We've got to track that. Who's sending it? How much? We got to have our take in it." You know, yeah. what? Do you, where do you? They still want to get their taxes. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, so when we start applying it to things like, let's say, healthcare, where forty-five percent of the cost of U.S. healthcare is paperwork. Um, you know, and we're talking like that's a trillion dollars, um, you know, and, um, you, you know, when when I can go to get a procedure and the doctor, you know, scans something, maybe me, I put my thumbprint on something and the procedure's done, the doctor gets paid, the insurance contract 
becomes a Ricardian contract, which is, you know, just a smart contract is what most people say. And it means that money goes from the insurance company or from me or whatever. Really cool one I saw somebody developing a while back was, um, was a uh, dermatology app. And I go like, dermatology, is that a big thing in medicine? They go like, well, think about it. Your skin's your largest organ, right? And then he said, you know, let's say you've got a, got, a, got a, you know, a wart and you point the camera at your face and you say, what's this, doctor? And he can take care of it. Well, you eliminate getting the referral, making the appointment, go, set, taking time off work, going across town, sitting in a waiting room, and then going in where somebody gets paid hundreds of dollars to tell you that it's not a wart, you just spilled something on it. Um, you know, that, you know, most of the time you go to see a doctor like that is pre prevention, make sure it's not a cancer cell or whatever like that. Well, they can read those for $5. All of a sudden, we don't even need to worry about the insurance company. I'm going to save more on, you know, lost wages, gas, everything to go see the doctor. That, so who wouldn't pay $5 for it? And thanks to AI, they can read them a lot faster. And on top of that, there are doctors who can sit and read like a hundred of those in 15 minutes and then they can get rated just like you get rated, um, you know, on any, like say eBay seller. Right. And then at the end of it, you get actually better medicine and you never have to go, you know, and of course, if I could, if I could point at my, at a scar and say, is this something, um, you know, a blister, um, what is this? I probably do it a lot more often than I go to see a dermatologist. And so it's, it's prosperous, it works, and it cuts out a whole lot of extra paperwork, waiting. And that's why I say it makes, it makes things flow better. That's why I emphasize the velocity, not the, not the fact that it's fundamentally changing how we do things. But on top of things, yes, there will be some things that fundamentally change. So the, you and I know each other a long time, and you and I have been connected uh, by a friend of ours, Richard, and he has said, said that, that you do consulting now for blockchain. I'm on your LinkedIn profile as well, and it says mm -hmm. that. So yeah. what do you do there? Are you a tech guy? Are you in there actually looking at the code? No. What does that mean that you're consulting? Actually, on? there's an abundance of people that want to mess with the code. Uh, what I do is business sense. I do what I've always done, uh, but after all my years of experience, now when, I, when a startup is trying to put this together, they're attracted to me because of the large following. Because some, in, there's some uh, list where I'm number one. Uh, usually I'm in the top 100 someplace, depending on you know whether it's crypto or blockchain or whatever. And it's because I have a large audience and I talk a lot about it. Um, so that's the surface. When I get to know them, what I find is they need to build an audience, a community. They need to spread the word. So, yes, they need what you're doing here. They need more people to understand that in the future uh, we'll have a crypto wallet. Actually, I just talked to somebody. They're working on uh, a crypto purse. I don't know how that's different than a crypto crypto wallet, but apparently that will appeal to you. Um, <laughs> so, woman tells me that that women want a crypto purse. What does that mean, idea. crypto purse? Exactly. I have no idea what it is. She said she'll tell me about it when we meet up at a at the okay. next conference. Uh, okay. But, uh, I don't know about that one, but we do need a lot of things like that. I was talking to somebody about a solution yesterday where they said we can do this. And it'll only take 15 minutes. And they were recruiting an expert to give an interview and, and wanted legal paperwork filled out. 
and for a two-minute interview. And I said, you know, it could be done in 15 minutes only if you trust the person because, you know, your 10-page contract is going to turn off most people. And maybe it needs to be a little bit different. What they need is day one, they say yes. Day two, they're asked to attend a meeting. Day three, day four, whatever, you have the meeting, you talk with them, you send them some materials. They say, yes, this is something I want to do. You say, I'm going to need the contract. They go, okay, fine. There are human elements to how we do these things that don't change because the technology got better. We're talking about being able to have uh, tokenized rent for buildings and keep track of what happens with the tenants and accounting for all sorts of things beyond the rent uh, and, and do that on a large scale. We can't get to that if people don't know whether or not it makes any sense to be in a building that has this technology improving it. Mm-hmm. Um, it will. I can, I can tell you, trust me, it will. But you're not going to move into a building because I told you it has plot lane. Not right. today. But in five years, you probably will. Right. Okay. So what you're okay. So when you're doing consulting, you're looking at how can that that business actually do it in t- in today's world in the current business setting. How sure. they can market it into the current. yeah. Tell a story. Build a community. Make customers happy. A lot of things that are people problems, and a lot of guys working on this stuff are techs. So it's the same as I did with startups before. Mm-hmm. That, um, you know, as a startup comes and say, well, we've been coding on this thing and it's going to be, it's going to be the world's first ever. And here's what it's going to do. Here's one I used to hear all the time. You'll get this one. Um, we're going to make a site where you can go there and find people with similar interests that are nearby you. And there'll be an app on the phone. It'll tell right where you are and where the people like you. And I'd say, do you mean Facebook? <laughs> And they go like, well, no, 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 it's different. It's because different, you're going to be right. Events. And I'm going, you mean Facebook events? And they'd say, well, how about we're going to be able to put in private groups. And uh, yeah, you're like Facebook groups. I mean, they weren't inventing anything. They were just coding like crazy. And sometimes they had an innovation. Like Facebook has its problems, right? They said, here's something we're going to do better. And I'm going like, you got to learn to focus on that. My friend uh, uh, worked on a, I think you know him, Ben. Uh, worked on a uh, yo on the lighted yo-yo, mm-hmm. and what he did was he said he said still focus on the fact that the yo-yo will light up. And I'm sorry, I don't remember the name. It's in '98. It was a, a, a somewhat of a fad yo. You can do better yo-yo tricks with it, and the people who really care about yo-yos wanted the yo-yo that was better. The fact that it lit up was cool, got attention, but they really liked that. And sales like sales went up by ten times. That kind of creativity is always needed in every business, and that's what I do. And I'm I'm great at networking and conferences. I'm helping with a conference called Coin Agenda, which is the oldest crypto investor conference, and it's where the serious professional uh, hang out. So, okay, I have to stop you right there. It's the oldest crypto event? conference. It's five years old. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. It's five years old. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's the oldest. It's this there are guys who have been in- It's the oldest, Warren. Yes. Oh they have God. been occupied. Okay. It happens to be five true. Years old. Yes. It's um, yeah. the oldest. It's just like the first, maybe. 
Yeah, uh, it's the first big seminar yep. actually, and big <laughs> seminar when I went to. Well, a year ago it was one of the only, and what happened was a I lot of things to. that come. So when same. I went to, let me talk. So big seminar was when I went to that when I started in two thousand one. You know, big seminar was the place to be, and so I think it went till about two thousand seven or eight, and it only went about eight or eight years. I think um, I, that's what I sometimes see right now with going on with crypto and blockchain is that there's a wave happening. And I definitely, for myself, want to get on the way. There's definitely a fear of missing out for myself. But there's also a conversation I want to make sure that this is happening in this show, which is there is a future here. And this is here. This is not going anywhere. This is not a fad. This Mm -hmm. is here to stay. We, the techs and the business people, are just trying to figure out how it's going to integrate with our lives right now. And I think that women and men who freak out about it or, oh, this is just another thing that's just this crazy thing. I don't want to understand it. I want you to wake up a little bit because it's not about that you have to get involved in crypto or blockchain or even buy blockchain or, sorry, buy crypto, buy, buy it. But understanding what's happening is a critical piece. So let's talk about the future. Okay. So wrapping in that up, where do you see, because you're in this world way more than I am. You've gone to the oldest event. (laughs) (laughs) Where are, what are the, what are you and what are the other experts saying about the future? Okay. Well, as a futurist, I've learned the most important thing to do is not to predict the future. It's to look at trends and look and see where they're going. I was alive and, and, you know, an adult for when PCs came out. I'm the, I'm the same age as Bill Gates and born the same year as Steve Jobs. I missed that in that, you know, I was doing other things. Um, but, uh, and, uh, uh, but that was the perfect time to get into microprocessors. And they were hobbyists. They found out about it. I was interested and didn't do it. I then watched a whole bunch of people build, build PCs, the cards to plug into PCs, things like that, all before the IBM PC came out. Those people all did well over time, even though some of the companies failed. Now, IBM PC came out, it got a lot bigger. And still people were saying, well, I don't need one on my desk. Well, now how many computers do you need? Um, you know, the world has changed. Same thing with social media, same thing with the internet. Remember the dot, the dot bomb. Most of the ideas that didn't do well are now billion-dollar uh, companies. Um, they, somebody else picked it up, ran with it. We're standing on the shoulders of giants, to, you know, or the or the uh, the bones of the people that didn't make it. Uh, whatever. Actually, most people that were working on it at that time found something else to do. You may have lost a fortune on on going to work for a company that lost everything, and uh, you know, you may have invested in something that didn't do well. But most people found some way to go on to the next thing. And those are the guys that are doing extremely well now. With blockchain, we're not yet at the point of having the thing like the IBM PC come out. Uh, I just read where IBM and, and Walmart, Sam's Club, are working on some new distribution using blockchain. A lot of stuff is happening in enterprise like that. Actually, more money than you see in the crypto. Uh, a lot of these crypto companies have some really smart ideas. One I'm working with is in AI. The guy doing it is so super smart. He's going to make it so that when you talk to um, Siri or your Echo, you know, that it's going to answer you and learn. And he's got that technology and he's demonstrated it and it looks pretty good. 
he's doing a token sale and some things like that. But that's not what it's about. It's about he's doing something to improve the world. There's a way to invest in that. Do so. If you can invest in it, pay attention to it and start thinking, how is my business and my life going to be different? Like, you know, we saw smartphones 10 years ago. How is life different now that you carry a smartphone rather than, um, um, you know, the, what the computer you used before? Definitely different. And that's I mean, what blockchain is going to do. It's going to change everything. We just don't know exactly how. The trend is don't ignore it. Find out about it. See how it gets involved. See if we can improve stuff. And if you're into investing, maybe some of the crypto makes some sense. I mean, that's the question I had for you and from other people is like, how do I or how do people get involved in blockchain? If they're not coders, right? If they're not on the front yeah. lines coding. Oh, how, yeah. You definitely don't need to be a coder. How you, do you, you can, get involved? Like, yeah. you can, you, if you want to get involved, go to work or, or invest in a company that is using that. And if your company is saying, We're, this blockchain is a fad, if that's what your boss is saying, get a different boss. You know, if your clients are saying, we don't care about this, look at getting different clients because it is coming. It is going to change the world. It's not going to be that, you know, 10 years from now, we all say, we all live on the blockchain, like we say about the internet. It's a different kind of thing. There's a lot more in, like in the background, but it's going to be what makes it so finely the drones deliver stuff right and, uh, um, you know, every other futuristic thing you're looking for. The AI is going to get very smart. You are going to have a driverless car. Um, you know, these trends are already happening. The definitely AI is going to be smarter than us. And, you know, there's the stuff to fear about it. But the answer to it, even if you fear it, is not to put your head in the sand and say, I forget about this. Don't keep on doing what you're doing. Just like a lot of travel agents got wiped out when we all started doing our own booking, um, you know, it was a sign you saw coming and it took years. There are still lots of human travel agents, just not near as many as there used to be. And so somebody found a niche. Um, happened to me once. I had Walmart open up across the street from me, literally across the street. And everybody says, Walmart's going to kill your business. And we started doing repair business. Uh, we started, you know, we were focused on offices anyway in the computer business we were in. And so we just really care that Walmart was beating our price. We actually raised our prices on some things. And when people said, I could get it for less at Walmart, we said, go ahead, come back. We're, we're going to service your printer. You're going to need ink to test it. You have to pay for the ink. You can pay us $49 or you can go over to Walmart and buy it for $39 and come back. We don't care. It's okay. We, we just rolled with it. And, um, when I made that one with that decision on the, on the ink, my sales triple because I was able to stock the ink and take better care of the people that wanted the service and the rest went and got their own ink. By the way, rarely did somebody walk out and go across the street. Um, and, you know, it didn't make me rich. It just made me, it just solved a lot of our problem of stocking the ink and knowing what to do. And I've seen that applied in all sorts of business things. Figure out, is this the best way to do it? If it seems like you're getting paid for something that seems ridiculous, probably somebody's going to be trying to cut that out. Right, right. Uh, yeah, just thinking about the different things of payment processing. You know, uh, I was just talking to a girl right now uh, earlier in my interviews, and she's paying um, 7% interest on every credit card 
transaction because she's mm-hmm. dealing with CBD oil and the United mm-hmm. States banks are having issues with that. And I just think that's just crazy. You know, yeah. that's just nuts. It's already nuts that merchants pay between two and 3% or, you know, right. Uh, right. And I just, that, that is crazy. And I said to her, wow, your margins better be nice. She goes, yeah, we have some fat margins. She said, yeah. we used to pay 15% when we got started in 2015. And yeah. I'm sure it will go down. I'm sure the banks will change that with the laws. But at the same time, it, it, it makes you kind of go, if blockchain was already here, that would have been gone. That, that's just insane. Could be. Yeah. You know. Well, and there's some problems, you know, the big banks and, you know, they got federal laws to comply with and, yeah. and, and all that. And um, I think that's going to ch- definitely change fast. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, and, you know, it could be actually my daughter works at uh, manufacturing cannabis. Uh, she's been, she was in a uh, fender, not even a fender bender, a, a bump and a crazy woman who caused the accident wanted, uh, you know, to, bring out the cops and everything. No damage, nothing happened. They smelled my daughter driving home from work. She got a DUI. Uh, but um, And she gets paid in cash. And I look at the hassle she has to go through for being working in this industry. Uh, she hands me cash and I pay power of the money. Costs her nothing. Uh, I'm glad to do it because every other week on Thursday, I talk to my daughter um, as I'm making the transaction. It's easy, it's costless, no problem. Uh, but, um, and it gets her to pay rent. Um, and, uh, uh, it, you know, but I look at what she was doing before she was, uh, going to a Walmart, buying a card, putting money on it and a percentage for that. And then, and still limited to where she could use that card. And I, and I go, why are you doing this? Well, I have no bank account. And here, after all this study of the billions of people that are coming online and able to do anything, I find out my own daughter has problems keeping a bank account. And I think what that what that says to me is we have a long way to go before we service all the people there are. Capitalism is going to win. It's going to be a while, but it's going to win. And that means everybody is, has food and shelter. And a lot of the automation is going to make it so the cost of energy, if it's not zero, it's close to that. Zero marginal cost means a lot of stuff can get done. A very bright future. It could all crash and burn and the robots could kill us, but I'm not expecting that. And then, and, but regardless of what happens, there's good capability of having a lot of things happen a lot faster. And if you're not pushing for that, then you may not be moving fast enough into the future. Interesting. Yeah. Well, here we are, right? <laughs> so why you're on the call? Because I really want to know what's happening. I think it's interesting that your daughter's working for the for cannabis. Can you say what she does for the cannabis business? I'm sorry, I, I missed that question. Can you? Uh, what does your daughter do for the cannabis business? Oh, oh, the the cannabis business needs to use crypto. There's a bunch. I advise one company that's working on it, uh, and the laws are softening to tell the difference between CBD and THC. And, uh, while I'm not in it, in fact, I, I am proud to say, I don't know proud anymore, but I'm happy to say I've never used, uh, any kind of cannabis or smoked a joint or anything like that. Boring that way, but I totally support it in the, you know, I've got a wife that has chronic pain and she uses the medical marijuana and my daughter works in the industry and it's perfectly legal. It's crazy that they have all these arcane laws. 
Right. So think about it. that's a problem we have with blockchain and especially crypto right now. In the U.S., investing in a uh, crypto uh, token sale is is difficult because a lot of people restrict the U.S. because of our laws. Mm-hmm. Um, outside the U.S., different laws in different places. You know, check it out. But I think those things have got to be resolved. But when you look at, you know, watch the news and see how fast the government's going to resolve these things, look for the things where somebody's going to resolve something outside of that. And kind of that's what's happened in cannabis. I think we're going to be able to take your cannabis card into a cannabis dispensary where, you know, you're not allowed to smoke on site. You're not allowed to do blah, blah, blah. You can't be seen as buying it and selling it to somebody else and blah, blah, blah. All these laws and restrictions they have. Well, people have found a way to deal with that, and they're getting help, and they're helping people daily. And so um, that's going to happen. I've seen it happen in other attitudes and things in my life where there were times where, you know, boy, there's no way I would have said I was pro-cannabis 30 years ago. I was, I, as a libertarian, I agreed with the philosophy of it, but I didn't want to say anything out loud. I, you know, I don't want my kids to use this, you know, that sort of thing. Don't do drugs, dare program. And, uh, you know, it, they, what they were doing was singling out something that if you look back at why they did it, the interests were not the interest of helping people. It was the interest of keeping somebody, a rich guy, happy, um, you know. And so I think that's changed. I think the world progresses and we do better. Mm-hmm. We don't know how, but it will at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely changing. I call it the um, edge investing, right? Talking about cannabis, blockchain, AI, mm-hmm. uh, cryptocurrency, because it's on the edge, right? It's on that edge where the government doesn't exactly know what to do with it, but they know it's coming and they're resisting it 100%. So is Wall Street. Yeah, but they really can't fight it because some things are just too inevitable. Right. You know, exactly. you can fight some trends, but you can't fight. There's some things you just can't do. And there's some other things like the abortion fight where there are some very basic views that are both sides that get to be, you know, just a, a pain to talk about. Uh, and, you know, can we end racism? And there are things out there that are difficult problems for society to solve. But things like, is a technology going to be okay? I, I'm sorry, it's over. It's not about the robots getting smart and killing us. The robots are already learning. The robots are teaching themselves new language. Google's Translate robot can learn a new language that it wasn't taught. Facebook did an experiment where where two machines invented a way of communicating with each other that didn't use words we normally would use. Mm -hmm. Like repeating no, you know. You repeat the no 14 times, it sounds like a three-year-old talking to you, but... Uh, or talking to a three-year-old, I don't know. Sounds like a crazy conversation, but it, no, 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 no. Well, what it meant was it was adding up the no's. <laughs> and, but nobody could understand what it was saying, and I don't think the word was no. But, yeah. um, but uh, 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 those things will get worked out and work better. And, uh, you know, when you talk to your voice command it will listen to you and and your tv will really know where something is we got we got a long way to go to fix all that stuff but it's going to start getting fixed very rapidly and so be on the right side of technology you know you know if you want to invest in an ai company invest in one that's local that you know that you can meet the people and it makes sense they're not crooks stealing the money just like any other investment 
know the people as best you can, stick to an industry you will understand when you can, and, uh, and then realize the risk. But even better is to be working in some way where you know that what you're doing is going to speed up helping people a lot more. Yeah. Uh, I have a son that had a job that he worked in. He, he had uh, at 19, he was given a pager, a car, and a cell phone by the company. And he, and he would park it at home. He convinced him he didn't want to drive into the office. He'd find out what was needed to go and fix it. Uh, he was fixing stuff I taught him to do as a kid. And uh, he was running circles around everybody else at the rate he was working, doing a really good job. And then he figured he didn't need to go in 70, 80% of the time. He would do it in just a few hours. He's still getting the job done. And I said to him, son, at some point, somebody's going to try to eliminate you. The competing company is going to sell a cheaper contract. The company buying is going to decide to get rid of the excess service they don't need. Somebody's going to figure this out. And sure enough, six months later, he didn't have the job. Didn't really matter how that happened. He didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> just uh, he just got you know it, we just got to the point that that job was not needed doing it the way he had done it. And yeah. uh, uh, I think that's going to happen again and again. It may be that you've done the same job for thirty years and somebody else comes. Uh, cab drivers of the black cabs in London are having a problem now. Because GPS makes it so any Uber driver can do what they do. There's a whole apprenticeship and learning program to get licensed to drive, drive a cab in London. And all that knowledge that you have to learn, you spend years learning where all the streets are, is all wasted now because GPS takes care of it. Right. And, you know, and it was really cool to get in a black cab in London and that whole experience. And these good cab drivers are all very much senior and know what they're doing. But sorry. Technology moves moves us on to something else. Yeah. Well, this is really great. I really appreciate you being here and sharing with us about blockchain and AI and everything. Where can people find you if they're interested in consulting with you? It's uh, warrenwhitlock.com, Warren Whitlock on Twitter, Facebook. You'll probably find me on LinkedIn that way, though the handle's a little different. Uh, Instagram, I'm everywhere. Um, and uh, you can, you know, you Find me, send a message. I read all of my email, all of my tweets, everything that comes in. If you have a real question, ask me something. Twitter's the fastest. Uh, ask a question like, hey, I want to know more about that company doing the, the AI uh, thing. That's AIGO.AI. Um, plug the client. And, uh, and, you know, if it's a question like that, happy to answer. Happy to hear you tell me you love me and you think I'm the smartest guy ever. But really what I want to know is how can I help you? So if I can help you, let me know. I'll point you in the right direction. Or, you know, at, at the worst, I can say, I don't know. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Warren, for your time today. This is Heather Haven. We could check out Warren at Warren Whitlock on Twitter as well as warrenwhitlock.com. Um, and thank you again so much for your time here today. And check me out at Heather Haven. Go to Amazon and make sure that you subscribe to um, Amazon News Briefing as well as the Amazon Skill of Like a Boss. Go check us out. This is heatherhavenwood.com. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. 
That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.